Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. It's a continuation from where we left off last week. This is verses 1 through 4. Listen to God's word to us today. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring me some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. There is so much here in this passage that I think can be easy to miss sometimes because we read typically one little section at a time. It might be like reading a short story that we just read a paragraph at a time, but we never read the whole short story. So it can be really easy to miss something without reading what came before. And this happened to me when I was reading this passage and getting ready. It seemed so normal that the disciples were going fishing. That's what they do. Of course they were going fishing. But if you think back to last week and remember what had happened, and we just go back, they had just been through so much. Jesus had just been killed. 
They didn't know what had happened, but somehow he was still with them, and he had come to them behind closed doors. And he breathed the spirit on them, and then he sent them into the world. Out into the world. But it seems like they weren't quite ready to that, ready for that. Because they went back to their old ways and they went back to fishing. Simon Peter announces that he's going fishing, and it seems like there were ready takers to follow him and to go. But this isn't where Jesus had sent them. And I can really understand this, that it might be really difficult to take up this mantle of Jesus. They were used to following Jesus. They had a leader to show the way. And now it would be up to them. It's so easy to do what is familiar. Something that you've had success at. Something that you know the ins and outs of. It feels safe. I was wondering for um, any of you who participated in the Climate Action Week last week, how was it? Was there anything that was familiar? Was it challenging? Did you have to make adjustments? For me and my family, we participated in Less Meat Monday, which I have to say was not so hard for me. My husband, Ben, cooks on Mondays, and so I just told him, no meat on Monday. It was pancakes for breakfast at our house, tried and true, and it makes everybody happy. But I didn't really want to stop there. I've known for a long time that meat consumption is actually hugely detrimental to our environment. Um, I can't really quote the statistics, but my understanding is that it maybe even surpasses oil consumption in its impacts. One of the short videos that I watched this week reminds us that 12% of greenhouse gases come from our current agricultural practices. So I wanted to do more than just tell Ben, no meat on Monday, and I wanted to consider what more could we do? Could we have more vegetarian meals? So as I was meal planning, I was exploring this. But the week went by quickly, and I needed something for dinner on Wednesday. And I figured that it was going to be lasagna. It was a really popular meal in our house. And it works, generally makes everyone happy. That's a big deal. Everybody happy at the dinner table. We do have one vegetarian in our family, and I just leave the meat out of hers, and no problem. When I was trying to think of what to do, I was trying to come up with, well, what would be a lasagna recipe that I could do, a vegetarian lasagna? It wasn't until I was like writing this and thinking about it that it occurred to me. Well, I could just leave the meat out of everybody's lasagna and just make one lasagna, and it would be super easy. But I think I must have known that that wouldn't go over very well for those of us who love meat and the Italian sausage 
just makes the lasagna. It can be really hard to change. And it seems that it was that way for the disciples. Jesus had given them the Holy Spirit and sent them out, and they decided to go fishing. They fished all night, but they didn't catch a thing. No success. Nothing to show for hours of labor. So they headed into shore and were on their way home. But there was somebody there on the shore. They couldn't make him out, but he talked to them in such a friendly manner and such a familiar way. He had noticed that they hadn't caught anything and suggested that they try something just a little bit different. He suggested that they cast their nets onto the other side of the boat. Now, if it was me, and I had been working all night long, and you said to me, well, just do it a little bit different like this, I might not have been so receptive to that. But somehow it seems that Jesus spoke in such a friendly way and a friendly manner. Perhaps the disciples were receptive and open to a different way of doing it. So they didn't hesitate, and they tossed their nets onto the right side of the boat, as this stranger had commanded them. And oh my goodness, there were so many fish, they could not haul them into the boat. And it's in this moment that one of the disciples recognizes Jesus. There was something in this catch this amazing catch in which they knew that it was Jesus. So one of the disciples shares this with Simon Peter, and then when he realizes it too, he just can't stand it, and he has to jump in the water and go straight to Jesus. He leaves the rest of them to struggle with this huge net that they have to drag behind them, and they all make it to shore and greet Jesus. And there he is, ready and waiting for them, cooking some fish and fresh bread. On Easter morning, when I walked downstairs into the fellowship hall and saw all of the tables with tablecloths and flowers and a huge table set, there was such a gift of a table prepared, ready, I'm not sure that we see Jesus in this image so much, cooking breakfast for us and preparing a meal after an exhausting night of work. So this is our example of God's abundance. We maybe have gone our own way, avoiding God's call in our life, trying to do what we have always done. And then what do we have to show for it? No catch, no abundance. How many ways does this ring true in our own lives, in the lives of our planet? This is not the way that God works. God sets a table 
and shows us where to throw our nets. And the catch is abundant. So at the end of Climate Action Week, I'm wondering where some of you are. Perhaps energized to climb this mountain? Empowered with concrete actions and steps? Or maybe discouraged that we have gotten ourselves into such a mess that it doesn't seem like that there is any way forward? How is it possible that we can make the changes that we need to make. Maybe all of these things, hope and determination, overwhelm and fear, perhaps that's where we are. Sometimes it takes something big and disruptive to actually get us to change. One of the places that I go these days for inspiration is a documentary series that tells the story of some ranchers who have been in this place of desperation. This place where they cannot, they absolutely cannot keep doing things like they had been doing. They were facing drought conditions that they weren't able to recover from. Four years of crop failure. What does that do to a rancher, a farmer, what does that do to their family as land becomes poorer and poorer and they're at risk of losing everything? So in this place, sometimes something happens where they become willing to do something different. And this series shows the story of people who become willing to do something different. So for years and years, they had grazed, grazed their cattle over these huge swaths of land. They let the cattle go wherever they want and to graze continually. What happens is that the cows eat their favorite grasses and they end up weakening the root systems of those plants. And so then over time, only the grasses that they don't like to eat so much grow and the soil gets poorer and poorer. So these farmers tried something new. They went back to um, looking at how nature works. How did it work in the prairie here before? What happened was that bison and elk would come through and they would graze, fully graze an area, and then they would move on to another area. They ate everything to the ground, and then they moved on. So these farmers made a change. Instead of letting their uh, cattle have the whole ranch, they divided it into small sections, and they let the cattle just eat off of one section. And then they would move them off. And amazing things started to happen. They tripled the amount of organic matter stored in their soils. They were putting carbon back into the soil. And in record time, some people thought that this may take a century, and they were able to do this in perhaps less than a decade. And soils that are rich in carbon 
have good rain infiltration. So when they began, their soils could only absorb half an inch of rain over an hour. And then over a period of years, that went up to eight inches of rain in an hour. As we face flooding happening across the world, there are solutions that work. Their cows were healthier, they needed less antibiotics, and with happy cows, there were happy ranchers. And with happy ranchers, there were happy families. They saved money. Instead of spending money on chemical fertilizers, all they needed to do was to purchase seeds. And those seeds were the fertilizer for them. I can watch this little video every day. There is so much hope and possibility, and there are winds in every direction. The soil, the animals, the people, the, the, um, the pollinators return. It is so full of hope, and this is possible when we work with nature. And this is the world that God has designed for us that Jesus wants to invite us into. So as we go forward, we face tremendous challenges. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it doesn't seem like it's possible to make any difference. And I need stories and hope that really do remind us that it is possible to change, it is possible to recover, and nature shows us. And it's absolutely beautiful, and it cares for us. So may we go forward, may we be like the disciples, open and willing to try something new, and to look for God's invitation to us. May it be so. Amen.